My name is Brandon Wade, but you can call me Mr. Brandon Wade. You can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me B Wade. But I got two rules for you if you're going to call me anything. Speak life and keep it real. If you do that, you're good in my book. Welcome to Pay It Forward. Whether this is a short episode or a long episode, I give you the greatest commodity that I have. Myself, who I am, who I'm learning to be, and who I've been. I give you my experiences. I give you my heart. I give you the parts of myself that even I don't necessarily want people to know. So if you're going to show up here, my only request to you is this. If you're blessed by anything that you hear from me, pay it forward to somebody else and speak life into the people that you're around. So let's check out what the show's about today. Ain't no pay it forward. What's going on, y'all? So I, I promised you guys a long time ago that... I would have guest segments. It's something that I used to do uh, back when I was doing this in, in, in the radio station. And some of you guys were there a long time ago when I had guests and I had different people on. I've always been somebody that believes in bringing people that I personally would want to talk to, I personally would want to be connected to, and I personally would want association with because... I'm a believer that you should have mentors and people in your life that are able to speak to who you are, where you are, where you're going. And, you know, coming up, I didn't necessarily have this particular guidance. And I I promised y'all that I would, whatever it was that I was, wherever it was I was, I would be somebody that would take whatever I had and I would pay it forward to the next person. So I have been learning to be intentional about where I am and what I'm doing. And so I said that I would get guest segments on and I finally figured out the way to do it. And even though I don't have everything the way I want it to be set up, I don't have my full studio and all that. I'm ready to show up. So, um, my first guest, my first guest was someone that when I, I happened to see their page. Um, I've mentioned this person several times on, uh, my my podcast, as y'all know, uh, Brian Reeves of Brian Reeves Insight. Um, before I met him personally, this was somebody that I really resonated with his story, man. I mean, he he talked about you know how he had issues getting through the military, how he 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 tried to figure things out in life, and he felt like he was lost, you know, in his you know mid to early thirties. He was trying to figure everything out, you know. The military didn't help him. And I've learned a lot from his story and what it means to be a man, what it means to be a conscious man. Nobody taught me this stuff. And so I also had a question in regards to teenagers because I was always like, man, I was even telling my mom, I was like, man, who is reaching the teenagers? Because in the teenage years, there's no people that are really trying to actively develop. They're usually developing from the inside, outside in and not the inside out. They're usually like, all right, you know, get you a little job, you know, get you a little girlfriend, you know, you know, go get some, you know, go, go hustle and go learn work ethic, which is good, but they don't really deal with where the kids are. And so the kids end up feeling like nobody has their back. And so by the time they get to 18 or 19 or at a certain age, they feel like they've, they've, they've either got it figured out or they've got to figure it out on their own. And having been somebody who's had a chance to talk to kids um, usually it's an issue of trust. They're like, they don't have anyone around them that they can trust. 
And I was just literally asking, like, man, where are the people that are reaching kids? And so I happened to stumble upon this person's page who I have invited on the show today. Um, he is somebody that literally does the work with kids. He's somebody that deals in emotional maturity and integrity. And I was like, yo, somebody's actually doing the work. And I was like, yo, somebody's really out there with the kids. And so I asked him if he would be willing to be my first guest on my new pod on these new podcast segments. And man, he accepted and I'm really happy to have him. So I do want to introduce uh, Dennis Moralda. Is that how you say your name, Dennis? You got um, it, Brandon. Thank you. Cool, man. Dennis Moralda of, of Building Men Podcast, man. Thank you for coming on and being my first guest, man. How are you doing today, man? Quite an honor. I'm the first guest here. This is a big deal. Thank you for uh, believing in me to carry the weight of the first show. <laughs> well, you're welcome, man. And um, I, again, I appreciate, you know, what you do, where you come from and why. And, and, I, and I'm one again, you'll get a chance to touch on this, too. Um, what you do is is so important and it speaks to the inner child in me because I'm 32 as as of where I am right now and there's so many areas in my life that I recognize that I still feel like a kid and just as we were talking a little bit before the show and I asked you like like um one thing that I know that I look at when Brian says I take anecdotes from what he says sometimes and he says a man without a father's praise and elders unconditional praise never really feels successful and having someone like you to be able to guide man like i said i wish i had something like that when i was you know 13 or 14 i had a good father but my father was not somebody who really guided me through that stage of life so i i'm just i'm completely curious man i know i've been talking for a second but i'm really curious man like what what got you into this like what what made you start like how'd you start this man it really wasn't my intention to start what I'm doing right now with Building Men. There were several iterations of having to rebuild. There's a great poem by Rudyard Kipling Work. called If, and I would recommend putting it in the show notes. Anybody who's listening, check out that poem if you want to know what it really means to be a man. So there's been several iterations where I've had to stoop down and build up my life again with worn out tools. That's one of the lines from the poem. So you mentioned, Brandon, you're 33. My or 32. My younger brother Anthony's 32. I'm 46, so 14 years older. So I'll take you okay. on a little journey back to uh, the time when I was in college, studying elementary education was my major, and I had a, a dual major in sociology. So at the time I'm about 20 years old. My brother is six, right? And so I also loved coaching, loved coaching, and so mm -hmm. I was I was the coach of his t-ball team, and college baseball player, and I. Did this internship at a, a halfway home for at-risk boys. And the boys were there because of the court system. So they had gotten arrested. Uh, or they were there because of Department of Children and Families. So they were abused physically, sexually, emotionally, or neglected. So these right. were some pretty tough kids that had seen a lot going on in life. And so I, I did this internship at this halfway home. And I was an individual and group counselor. Like I assisted people as they were going through counseling sessions. Really didn't know a whole lot of what I was doing. I did a lot of observation, chimed in when I could, but started to understand there were a lot of similarities that these young men were dealing with, right? Hmm. So 
I also wound up getting a job as a van driver. So now I'm a 21-year-old okay. who I also need some money to go out and hang out with my buddies at the bars and things like that. And so right. I took a job there. And so the job was a van driver. So I would I would go after my college classes. I would go and pick up this van who that held about 12 kids, drive all over South Jersey, and pick up these kids after school. So it, it kept them off of the streets or okay. kept them out of a dysfunctional home environment. And it gave them a safe place to go where they would – get some some love some counseling but also right. some accountability and yeah. at, at first the boys didn't really want to talk to me all that much <laughs> yeah, I you know imagine. they were these tough kids and slowly but surely i started to gain their confidence and if there's any parents out there listening you get you get a lot of information from your kids on drives you know their guard is down you're not ah. sitting face to face with them you're both looking in the same direction there's some music on and they start to open up and when your kids are in the back seat with their friends they don't even think you can hear them so i just started to <laughs> to, le- to listen to some of these conversations so then they started to talk about things that were going on in their life after school and i would every once in a while talk about hey you think that's a good idea or you know, back when i was your age 5 years before that i had a situation that happened like this and this is what i learned from it and slowly but surely, they started to talk to me on the van rides home. Not in the sessions, but on the van rides. Word. And and then they started to ask me to take the long way home so we could have this little community. Uh. And then what they started to do was they wanted to be the last one dropped off. So this way they had like a one-on-one counseling session with me on the van ride home. And now this wow. van ride took about an hour and a half to go through all these different stops to drop these kids off. It was then that I realized, Brandon, like I'm onto something here. There was something... I don't know mm-hmm. if, if it was just the way that I was communicated. I don't know if I'm stuck in a perpetual 14-year-old mindset, but I was able to connect with these kids. Right, and, right. And I also, at the same time, you know, I'm going through and I'm, my younger brother, um, him and his friends, I started coaching with coaching them and talking to them. So I started to really understand the reason why I was put on this planet. It was in some shape or way, shape or form to help young men that are struggling in some capacity. So that's, that was the initial Word. start of building men. Okay. Wow, man. You know what? I I, I see what I see how that would go. And, you know, even you talking about how after a while, after they realized that you were going to look at them in a helpful but nonjudgmental way, like you are they recognized after a while you were not going to judge them for where they were coming from. And um, in some of the experiences that I've had, you know, being able to talk to some teenagers and people that I know that have been there, that's the first thing they're looking for. They're not looking once they see especially when it comes to men, once they see that you are not actively looking to, you know, slap them over the head for everything that they do, then they will be willing to just share things with you. And and even at a certain point, you just even be able to counsel them on the way home. Like, I love the tip about uh about driving, yeah. like, you know, getting that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take that one under too, you know, because so much of it, as I'm seeing, is learning how to create a, a, an area of mutual respect and, and create that that place where now they respect you, you respect them, and then the the door is open for counseling, man. I could I could fully see, and I was like just visually imagining where you were right then. I was like, yeah, I could fully see how yep. you starting something isn't that isn't, isn't that funny about purpose though? You one hundred percent end up starting your purpose, usually not intending to. Right, one hundred percent agree like, with that. And here's the thing: too. <laughs> it's it's interesting what you mentioned about the kids like being able to the feeling that they had in that set in that setting so kids have five developmental needs and typically if there's something going on behaviorally with kids one of these needs is not getting met in an appropriate way and in alphabetical order it's the need for autonomy for them to feel like their Mm -hmm. voice is heard 
Like their voice mm-hmm. is a part of the space. Like their opinion matters to you. The need for mm-hmm. competence for them to feel like they are good at doing things. If they feel like they are not good at something, a lot of times they will push back. The need for fun. Kids have the the need for fun. They're going to meet that need in some way, shape, or form. So as adults, can we help them meet that need productively? The need for relationships, not only with a, a positive relationship with the person they're looking back in the mirror, their self, their peers, their family, and then adult mentors. So the relationship piece, and then the, more importantly than anything else, the need for safety. Kids need to feel mm. safe in an environment. And so what I was able to do was first and foremost – Help them feel safe around me. Once they felt safe, then I was able to have those deeper conversations. But that's that was the foundation of all of it was the safety. And then the other pieces, I just I incrementally added them in. And then as an, as an educator, I went on to become a teacher, an assistant mm. principal, and then the principal of, of middle schools. I okay. always kept those developmental needs in mind as I was talking with kids. Yo, that's cool, especially thinking about uh, your developmental, the needs that you had developmentally, like, well, the needs that they had as well, because I've never heard it described like that. But each time you've said those those core developmental needs, I could think of all of those things. Um, Autonomy, especially in my own personal life, that was something that um, autonomy and competence that was something that I struggled with a lot. My dad was much more of an old school kind of hard teacher in the way that he was like, you know, figure it out. And the more and, and, and he would always tell me that he never complimented me because he was like, well, you just mess it up if I told you that you did a good job. So I'm not going to tell you. And it was always that kind of chasing after the proverbial invisible carrot. And so yep. I was always trying to feeling like I was not competent. So I was always trying to boast it, you know, bolster it in other ways. And so talking about like competency, safety, man, those are that. And, and you took that into education too. So like, did you already know about those things or did you do take that in later? So that was part of, I, those are things I, I knew just from practice. And then I learned about it more philosophically in Word. education. And what you mentioned with your dad, Word. One of the one of the theorists, educational theorists that I closely align my ideas to is a guy named Lev Vygotsky, mm-hmm. and he has this theory. It's okay. called the zone of proximal development. And the idea of the zone of proximal okay. development is if the kids, if, if something comes really easy to the kids and it's not challenging to them, they're they're bored. It doesn't. They're they're not going to really worry about it. It's not something that's going to like pique their interest. But then if it's something that's way too challenging for them, they get like they they feel that they are not competent, able to do it, and then they'll they'll shy away from those things as well. Yeah. The trick is the sweet yeah. spot is in the middle of that Venn diagram. So what you need to do okay. as an educator, okay. as a parent, is is set the sights or set the the target or the goal just outside of their reach something that Got it. they can do but they have to they have to struggle with just a little bit to get to the next right. level not something that's so hard right. that they're frustrated and so easy that they can do it really easily something right. that's just so that the ladder rung is just beyond and they have to like reach a little bit to grab it and the next one right. is a little bit higher so if they reach a little bit to grab it and as those things happen they develop that level of competency that they're able to do something more challenging and when they're able to do those challenging things they're going to gain that confidence Right, and that's what uh, we see. What we want our young right. men to do is be able to right. to find that self confidence. So those yeah. little little tasks, little challenges, a little bit beyond their comfort zone, is what we want to strive for. That is really good, and you know, each thing that you're saying is putting to words certain things that have been in my my own mind because there is such a culture around um, hyper challenges. You know, everyone wants to do the extreme thing, and then there's people that don't want to do any type of challenge, and so media is always 
hyping up one end or the other end, but that that diagram, that idea of something that's just beyond the 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 immediate place, that's just beyond it, and then right after that, and then right after that, that does cause there to be uh, area of competence. I've just these it's, it's new to me, and I believe in transparency and vulnerability. So whenever something's new to me, I'm always gonna say, "Man, I've never heard that before." Right. And in my community, you know, unfor you know, unfortunately, you know, we in in my community, there's not a lot of things that are are talked about, and especially in the the African American community, like we don't we are learning a lot of these tools, and so there are other men of color that I've seen that do this work, but the 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 ratio of how many there are are is a lot lower because a lot of us are just trying to process through whatever traumas and things that we've experienced and they try to do the best they can. I understand that. But to be able to hear what you're telling me, that's something that I would be able to take back. So um, is there any other um, like the, the especially when it comes to tools like that, are there any other things that you've really picked up on in being around um teenagers and men of of age especially now that you are getting into like direct counseling as i see you have building men now that's like direct counseling it's like a is it is it a program i know i'm asking like two or three things at once but i just i'll i'll lay them out later on but yeah. like is there anything you picked up while you've been doing building men for real yeah, I, I've I learned something brand new every single day. I learned something new from every kid that I work with. And I'll start with the most right. recent question. I'll work my way back. Um, I do individual cool. counseling with young men. I help their parents out as well. That's a big piece. So like, I, I'll give you an example. I, I'm coaching a kid right now who is uh -huh. uh, 17 years old. Parents are really struggling with my... I meet with the kid once a week or once every other week on Zoom. And then I meet with the parents mm -hmm. the opposite week, right? And so I talk to the parents. What I'm giving okay. them advice on the best way to connect with their kid, but also count, like helping uh -huh. the kid along the way. So I do that and I also do a right. group... Like group coaching. When I, I have a group that meets, that'll okay. meet starting on March 5th. I don't know when this is going to come out. And it'll, it'll okay. run every other Sunday for a year, and it's called The Foundation. And we talk okay. about like the building blocks of masculinity. We talk about accountability, Got authenticity, it. confidence, courage, yeah. humility, integrity, self self-reliance, respect, mm -hmm. responsibility. You name it, we talk about it. So as far as um, what I've learned about like working with kids, it's especially now – Right, Brandon? Yeah. It, it's different. Like, it's different now than it was when I started the actual Building Men program as a principal was in 2005. And so wow. we did not, like, right. cell phones were not a thing. Social media was not right. a thing back then, right? right. So when I started right. the program, when I initially started it, it was in 2005 in the town where I currently live, Bordentown, New Jersey, which is just south of Trenton. And I started as an assistant okay. principal. I'm 28 years old, brand new. And I come in and all the problems in the school with the boys. Right, they're coming to school late. Okay. They're getting into fights. They're getting tossed out of class. They're, they're failing. They're getting classified into special services. It, it was ninety percent of my Is problems it, yeah. were, were twenty boys, and it was I needed to do something about it. So what I did was I decided I'm going to take my knowledge from that group home and I'm going to make it work in a school setting. So I decided to start a boys group, and so when I started this boys group, I, I had the the group started an hour before school started. And these are boys that did mm. not want to come to school at all. And I figured out a way to get them to school early. They were to school early. And I, I wound up mm. having almost every single 7th and 8th grade boy as a part of this program by the end of the school year. So now you're talking about 200 <laughs> boys. So I wound up running about 10 groups. And they would meet from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock in the morning. And 
we would meet every two weeks. It was a powerful thing. And what I recognized mm. was they were all experiencing something similar. They all had this idea of false masculinity. And what I, right. what I think about with false masculinity is they thought, and these are things that I thought when I was growing up too, right? So I'm not right, saying it's all right. on them and probably things that you heard too. Oh, yeah. The first thing, yeah. first thing was you needed to be a better athlete. You needed to be able to physically dominate yeah. to be a better man. So you had to have the six-pack yeah. abs. You had to be able to bench mm-hmm. 225. You had to be able to dunk or whatever. It was all mm-hmm. about physical whatever. dominance. So you need to be like the toughest guy in the room. That was you were a man mm-hmm. then. So that was the first thing. It was like athletic dominance. Then it was sexual conquest. You needed yep, to that's a bang the most girls or the hottest girls. It yep. was all about, yo, you are the man. You bang Stacy. Oh my God, mm-hmm. dude. Like She is so hot. So it was all about like like acquisition of sexual partners, right? And then mm-hmm. the last thing was about economic success. So it was about the zeros in the bank account, the cars, the yep. sneakers, the house, the things, the stuff. And what I did was I challenged them. I said, listen, if you're basing your masculinity on these things, they can all be taken away from you, right? That's so a say good way. 20 yeah. years down the road, kiddo, you're like right now, everything's looking great. But 20 years down the road, say you have something wrong with you and you're, you're unable to lift weights anymore. And you put on a couple mm. pounds. Now are you are you the man now because you don't look the same physically? What happens if if something if something goes wrong and you're unable to perform sexually at some you know at some point in the future? Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you still the man? What happens if you lose your job or the stock market crashes and you're not making the same bank that you used to make? Are you still considered the man? So we need to base our masculinity around things that cannot be taken away from us that are totally intrinsic in nature. So we need to talk about our character, our integrity, our accountability towards other people. And then more than anything, what can you do in service of another human being? Think about things that cannot be taken yes. away. If I'm doing something for you and it's a totally selfless act, wow, that's that's when we're talking something about masculinity, when you're really talking about what it means to be a man. That is Perfect, man. I'm glad you brought that up because that segues really well into even something that I learned um, from looking at your page. I learned to apply things by things in which I, I see that add to me. Like I always look to find people that add to me. And it's really good you said that, especially about what things intrinsically are, mas- are, are, are masculine that cannot be taken away by whatever whims and things that go about in life. And that was really good that you said that because this has been the particular part of the journey that, that, that I've been on in discovering what healthy and what true masculinity looks like. It's an intangible, not a tangible. Yep. And so one thing you talked about is being deliberate. And this is something that I took, you know, when I, when I got involved with, um, following your page, I looked and you talked about use certain words that are intentional. Like, uh, just just so just for for our viewers or whoever is listening, you think you could expound on what it means to use intentional and deliberate words? Because that's something that I'm going to be touching on later. Sure. So uh, one thing I do talk about is words that we need to stay away from as well. So I. I... I talk about soft, like using soft language, staying away from words like maybe, probably, should, might, could. Right. Conversations like I have with my own kids. I have three kids of my own. Like if mm-hmm. if you ask me, yo, man, can you give me a ride to the to the game this weekend? We got a big game. And I'm right. like, yeah, probably. I should be able to do that. You have no idea right. if I'm going to show up and pick you up. So <laughs> That's true. what I talk about is like, if you're going to say something, think about if I tell you, 
Brandon, I'm going to be there. You know that I'm going to be there. So I, I truly believe like your word is your bond. And don't just throw words yes. out there to throw them out there. Be really, really intentional with the words that you're using. So that's one piece of it. Like be word. Use use architect language or hero language. Like I if I tell you something, you know that that is it's a gospel that will absolutely happen. Yeah. There's no ambiguity around it. But then as far as intentionality, I talk a lot to parents and to educators. P- kids are not born with, you know, feeling humble. They're not born with integrity. Kids are not born right. in a million different ways. They're not born racist. Kids are not born sexist. Absolutely. They will learn that through their environment. Kids will have certain personality traits. Some kids might be more propensity. They'll have more propensity to be leaders or they might be a little more shy or a little bit more outgoing, right. whatever it is. But a lot of those other things they, they are not born with. They need to learn it. So be really yeah. intentional. How will you teach your kids about humility? What are the lessons you're going to, to use to teach your kids about right. humility? What, how, what are the lessons you're going to use to teach your kids about accountability? And that needs to be done now more than ever. Right now, I feel like kids have gotten so soft and are not held accountable. And kids yeah. are not, they're not taught how to persevere. As, right. a, as a principal, Brandon, one of the most common conversations that I had with parents was let your kids fail. Let your kids fail. Let them see what it's uh, like to fail, but then right. let them learn what it feels like to pick themselves back up after they have gone through a challenging situation with your well support. Said. Right. Well said, especially in regards to um, someone experiencing failure because we're taught also in the world that to fail is the ultimate is the is I'm, I'm trying to find the right word for it is the ultimate uh flat line like if you failed then that's it but failure can be one of the best building blocks when you're able to learn from those failures and we're in many times like as a kid i can remember being more afraid of disappointing my dad or my parents than i was afraid of i was able to learn the consequence and so if i failed i would oftentimes try to either hide the failure i would lie about the failure when i was 11 12 years old i would always lie about my report cards i would always be like yeah no you know because i was scared of what they would do because i failed or i did not show up in a certain way rather than learning okay yes 100 percent you failed in this area and that's okay now let's learn from it and let's pick it back up and that that sense of not thinking that you not always having the win all the time and not always having the loss all the time. Like it's not just that you win every time and you think that your identity is based on winning because that's what I felt was like, I have to keep winning because as long as I keep winning, my dad's going to be happy with me. As long as I keep winning, I'm going to get love. But if I fail, then, then it's going to be an issue. And so that's really good that you were teaching um, the the kids as well as the parents to be there, let them fail, be there for them when they fail, and then also teach them how to get back up and how to persevere. Because when they win after failing and getting back up, they're going to be much happier, like much more assertive in in how they display themselves. Like just thinking of that, because these are all lessons, many of them I picked up along the way that failure is not a bad thing. I mean, I'm 32. I'm just now learning at 30. Like I learned like, like 31, maybe that failure is not a bad thing. Right. And if you're not, if you're not failing, you're, you're not doing, living. Yeah. If you're not Facts. failing. You're not like, yep. there's nothing, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing more to be this said there that if you don't ever fail at something, like if you don't ever do something, there's no, there's no experience gain. There's nothing that can help you contribute. And I really love what you said about contributing, 
like contributing something to the world freely, something that 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 can't get that 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 maybe somebody else can't give back to you like good good that they can't give that back to you you know that's a lot of why i started i ended up in pay it forward like this is a very you know a very near and dear thing to me um because when you said that pay it like 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 being able to give something in a way that like you said i'm going to give something personal that i know i did not have but now that i have it i'm going to give that what way can you be of service like could you just expound on more what you teach the youth and the and the people like that about what it means to be of service to the world as a man so what i do is i i like them to understand they need to be good with the man in the glass there's a poem that i would use with them it's called the man in the glass and the last stanza in that poem is you may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass and it was a really powerful poem mm-hmm. for me. And the kids would, I would have them memorize that poem. So we would start by, everything started with who was looking back at them in the mirror. So first and foremost, are you cool with that guy? Like, can you look at that guy in the eye that's looking back at you in the mirror and he mm-hmm. knows you're doing the right thing. You know he's doing the right thing. Like, you are cool on the same page. If you can't look at that person in the eyes, start there. That's the first and foremost, that was one of the first lessons that we talked about in building men. Mm, and then what we mm-hmm. would we would talk about is it's the idea of of if you're if you're able to do something that can make someone's life just a little tiny bit easier, right? Any anything that that is that you can make mm-hmm. someone's life a little bit easier, I would tell them it's not a flashy thing. It's not gonna add any money in your bank account. But I guarantee you the mm-hmm. feeling that you get from helping another person is is yeah. worth way more in the long run. There's another poem. I'm doing a lot of poems here today. but Yeah, no, um, it's no going it, man. There's a poem called The Bridge Builder by Will Allen Dromgool. Okay. And it's it's basically the idea of of helping out those that are coming after you. And and the poem, the, the idea of the poem is there's there's an old man and he comes to this treacherous chasm that that exists mm-hmm. between two riverbanks mm-hmm. and what he decides to do is he's going to build a bridge at this you know at this spot okay. and he's getting he's starting to build the bridge and as he's doing it someone a young guy comes along and he's like what are you doing old man he goes you realize it's going to take you the rest of your life to build this bridge he said you uh. are wasting your time doing this you're wasting your time you're wasting all your efforts building this bridge here and he looks at the young guy and he goes, listen, I've basically, I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot of things. Right. After me, there's going to be a kid that comes along that doesn't know all these things that I know, that hasn't been through the things that I've, that I've been wow. through. Even though it's going to take me through the rest of my years, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for him. And so I would wow. talk to the boys, even when they're eighth grade or whatever, I would say, listen, you've been through some things in your life as well. You've learned some mm-hmm. lessons in your 14 years. That could help mm-hmm. out an eleven-year-old. That could help help out an eight-year-old. Think about how powerful it would have been for you if you would have heard a message that something wow. that you learned from a kid who was five, six years older than you. They look up to you as a role model. Imagine if you had that. Imagine if someone who's nineteen or twenty right now turns around and says, "Hey, listen, kid. The next couple of years, here's a piece of advice that I would give to you that will help you out. How powerful that would be. 
So I would say it's not only it's not only a good thing to do, but I would challenge them to take it on as a responsibility. It's your responsibility to be right. a bridge builder for those people that are coming behind you. So that was how I really not sold it to the kids, but that's how I helped help them realize it. And they took it really seriously. We had, wow. there were some rites of passage that we did with that group. It was a really strong, cohesive group. And I'll tell you, so after one year of, of having the yeah. building mint program in a school, our suspension rate, Brandon, dropped 400% in one year. Yes, sir. One, it was about. unbelievable, right? It was just, <laughs> and so I, I didn't do it for that reason. I did it to provide right. a space for the kids, but that was one of the ancillary benefits that we saw some really unbelievable things happening in the school community wow, as man. well. Wow, man. You know what? No, I like hearing it that way. It's putting, again, putting to words certain things that in this last uh, two years or so of my life principles that um, it's been, you know, guys led me to start applying like just things about taking taking what you know and building and not assuming that someone else is not going to benefit from your knowledge. Like I, I just to share with you, I have. um there was a there was a community I was involved in on Discord. And if you know anything about Discord, you probably do if you deal with young kids. There's Discord is a very is very popular amongst young kids and it's just like a it's a you know, it's a platform for social media for those v- v- listeners that don't know that. There's a it's a it's an international platform. People use it for all kinds of things, but a lot of people create social media sites on there. And I remember being invited by a younger friend of mine and I was here in this place and I had this role in this community and I remember thinking like what do I have to contribute as someone who's much older because here I am I'm thir- I'm I'm 31 at the time and everyone else that's on there is 13 14 15 I'm sitting here like what do I even have to contribute here and I realized well no that's exactly what I have to contribute here is that I've I I'm I'm young enough to understand where they are right now and I haven't forgotten what it was like to be a teenager but at the same time I'm old enough to help them with any wisdom and insight that I have that I can give them I can say hey if nothing else I can just tell you man take your time you know don't just don't you know don't give up I've I've been able to listen to and hear stories and I've learned so much and just thinking about what you were what you were communicating about like what what is it that we can contribute and I and, and I always looked at well what do what is it that I don't is there something that I don't personally have and it's not about what I don't have it's about what I do have and and what I can give and what I can learn from and just be a a a, a mentor in a way and I, I started having kids call me unk they start calling me uncle you know they start calling me you know they start looking up to me I was sitting there like I've never had that before and it is one of the greatest feelings one of the most satisfying things that you have in life is to be able to give something like truly give it like. Absolutely, man. I'm so reached by that dude. Like, and, and so just to hear someone put it into words, man, I, I want to know the links to some of those poems. When we get to the end of this, I want to know some of the links to some of those, those poems, if they're words or titles or anything like that. Cause I want to put it in the show notes for anyone that might be listening. Yeah, I, I absolutely will share that with you. And what you're doing right now, and I'll give you another quick analogy, yeah. is, and I talk to parents about this, I talk to educators about this, and I mentioned it about the idea of letting your kids fail and fall down, and it's okay. You teach them how to persevere. You teach, teach them how to be resilient. So your role as a mentor, as a coach, as a parent, I look to use the analogy of a lighthouse, right? Mm-hmm. So the kids in, in the boat, right, the kids in the ship, it's not mm-hmm. your job as the parent 
to get in the ship mm-hmm. and steer it for them, right? It's, that's not your job. They need to go through the challenges. They need to understand what the rough waters are right. going to look like in front of them. They have to, right. to battle the sea, so to speak, right. right? So they need to have that that ability to do that, and they also get to feel the joy of, of doing it for themselves. As right. the parent, what you need to do is you need to be the lighthouse for your kids. So what you need to do uh. is shine shine the light on the waters that are in front of them. Right. Let them see. Okay. There's some. There's some rocky waters over here, kid. Or there's. Right. There's a jetty. Or there's. There's some rough rocks. Or there's something over here. There's a shark in the water. You got to keep an eye out for. Right. I'm not going to drive the ship for you. I'm not going to steer it for you. But let me show you where that is. I'll show you. I'll show wow. you some good spots, some bad spots. And if you don't, if you decide to say, Ah, screw you. I don't need to listen. All right. That's your choice. Right. You're going to make right. some mistakes. And if you make those mistakes. I'm still here. You can still see the lighthouse. If you get lost wow. out at sea, you still see where I am. You can come back and find me, but I'm not going to do that for you, right? So I like to use that right. analogy talking to parents because a lot of times parents either look the other way, they don't do anything, right? Or they get in a ship and they steer the ship for the kids. Absolutely. It is 100%. I've, I've seen that that it is 100% a a a usually an, an extreme version of one of the two is either they're, they're steering the ship and they're like, Hey, you don't know what you're doing and you'd better figure it out. Like my, 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 my dad vacillated between two of those, either steering the ship or going like, Hey, you're going to figure it out yourself. And it would always leave me feeling like, well, what if you're not here or are you going to be here? And it was a mixture of shining this light. And so the lighthouse is a great analogy because lighthouses are trusted. They're trusted. They're trusted sources of safety. And when you imagine a lighthouse on a hill, you know that if you're by the lighthouse, that you're somewhere that is you're in some type of area that where there's illumination and a lighthouse is always trusted. So whether you you mess up or you hit a rock or you hit something like that, you know, you can look to a lighthouse. And and I think it also I imagine that that probably also takes pressure off of the parents when they're able to uh, connect because they're usually probably dealing with some unconscious ideas of what it means to be a parent. Absolutely. And a lot of those unconscious ideas are coming from generational trauma, things that they experience as they were growing up. So I'll take a little yeah. uh, back on a little bit of a Come on. of a ride in the in the in the past. So the way that I Come was on. raised was with that false masculinity as the idea. So yeah. my father, yeah. the way that I was raised was I needed to be the best athlete on the field all the Word. time. So Word. it wasn't it wasn't he, we never had an emotional conversation. The conversations were about how many kids did I strike out, how many points did I score, how many touchdown mm. passes did I throw. Mm. That was it. And if I was successful, I got love from my dad. If I was unsuccessful, I got a Word. you know, I got that like beating from my dad. And it sometimes yeah. it was physical, sometimes it was verbal. And yep. it was that's how I grew up. So I grew up valuing those things initially. It was about the the athletic success, the girls, and the money. That's what he was teaching. Mm, so mm-hmm. it need I needed to go through seeing that from him, and then a lot of it was well, what do I not want to perpetuate with my own kids? Ah. Um, it, not everyone could get away from that. It took it took a long time for me to understand that, but I'm glad that I went through that. I'm glad that I learned those lessons from him of what not to do as a dad. Wow, man. And you know what? I It's interesting just being able to hear these stories. This reminded me of one. Why I like guest segments and hosting so much is that I get a chance to see that we're all that so many of us. Sometimes we're just all similar in so many different ways. Like, 
you know, and you dealing with the idea of false masculinity from my dad, from me and my dad, it wasn't that it wasn't so much about um, sports or passes, but it was more about intellectual choices and ideas. It was more about like how how smart were you in this situation? Were you able to figure out what was happening here? Were you that were you on top of it? Were you the smartest person in the class? Did you lead or guide everything like that? And if I did something exceptional, then I might get a compliment that was like, you know, I'm proud of you, boy, or something like that. And if I if 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 it was baseline, the compliment I got was he didn't say anything. And if it was if it was on the other end, then it was like it was a lot of verbal things that would go on. And so I was always kind of on edge, but craving that love and that just general support of, hey, I don't hate you if you fail. Like, I'm not going to hate you if you fail. And so you um, you talking about that and saying like like those those areas and how good it is to have experienced that stuff. Because you learn the healthy way of I'm not going to treat my kids that way, as opposed to the unhealthy way of I'm going to a lot of people are rebelling against their parents when they're treating their kids that treat their kids the way they they thought they wanted to be treated, but not the way their kids need to be treated. And I see that you're you're building building blocks in a way that's like, no, this is objective for any parent to be able to want to treat their kids. And I, I, I can't see this not working in society. Like there's such a need for this now. And I'm really glad for what took place in society, even though COVID-19 was a terrible thing, yeah. you know, that took place. Society made it to where now people value work like what you're doing. Like they really value it. They needed it back then, but they really value it now. Like now it's now they're like, oh, snap, we really need that. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I just see where you're what you're doing there. And I mean, I, I I mean, are you are you having more people show up? Are you having people, you know, like more more consistently? I could imagine people will are probably are people are going to keep seeking you out because I, I if they're not seeking you out now. I can't imagine that maybe in a year or two or something like that, people are going to absolutely be like, when is this going uh, worldwide, nationwide? Like, when is this going? Like, do yeah, you have any ideas or plans for that? Yeah, it's interesting. So Word. talk about COVID. COVID was, I mentioned in the very beginning when I when I referenced the poem, Ip, having to, to stoop down and build it up with worn out tools. I left public education in 2019 Brandon and and at wow. the time I was I'm I'm divorced now I was married so I leave public mm. education I I had gotten to the point where I was basically being asked to stop doing what I was doing with building men you know you can't mm. just have a boys you can't just have a group for boys and wow. you need to worry about our test scores you know that's where wow. we were heading to in education so at the time I was married my ex got a job as a business administrator so she was making a good salary and was carrying right. benefits so I took a risk leaving education I started working as a consultant and a coach with school districts. So I would go around and I would help schools reset the behaviors in the school, help them build okay. community, help the teachers understand how to connect with the kids. Okay. So I did that and it was going well for a year until COVID. So COVID happens. And then at that time I was in the middle of a separation, which led to a divorce Ooh, and right. then COVID shut schools down. So me as a consultant and a coach, as an entrepreneur working in schools, I basically right. went from making a good six figure salary to making zero. I, yeah. I had no I had I had no income for about four months wow. in the middle of a divorce with three kids. I was on, wow. I was at a spot where I I did not know how I was going to make ends meet. I really didn't know how I was wow. there were there were times and I wanna I wanna being homeless for a short period of time. Wow. I was like and that was in in the in the fall of twenty twenty. It was crazy. So Man. I started this I, I I was at a moment where I didn't know 
I really didn't know what was next for me. I a really deep depression. I had put on a ton of weight. I was drinking wow. and eating unhealthy. I, I was really in a in a bad space. And I had a moment where I was like, I need to do something to shake myself out of this. I need to find my purpose. And wow. I was like, I need to I need to do something with Building Men. I don't know what it is right now. I have no idea what it is right now. Something. So I started the podcast in, Ju- in July of 2020. And I really, I didn't know anything about what I was doing. I knew that I had some message, didn't know how to get that message out. So I started this podcast and slowly but surely, it just took, it just took time and reps and I just, I wouldn't give up on it. And right. over the next two and a half, almost three years, it's grown exponentially where I have, you know, several thousand downloads every wow. single week on the podcast. It's, it's not like a Joe Rogan right. world, no, but, 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 but it's, it's yeah. grown. And, and, yeah. and then I decided, what am I going to do now? So instead of just working with schools, what's I, I will still do a little work with schools, especially with the Building Men type program. But I wanted to set up a, a spot where I can now work with kids that were struggling. So then I started, I learned how to coach kids in a, in a Zoom capacity. Uh, and then I was like, I need to establish a, another group again. I need to get the building men group together. And so I start, okay. I'm starting this online community that starts up in a couple weeks okay. where, where people can come in and I'm going to have, like you mentioned, Brian Reeves. Brian Reeves yeah. is the first guest mentor. And I'm going to have a That's one good. mentor every single meeting that we have. A guy that I've interviewed at some point on the podcast mm-hmm. that's going to come on and give the kids in the group a piece of advice. We're going to talk Man. a little Q&A and then open it up to some questions for the kids. And so we're going to talk about those those ideas deals around what building men actually is so not only are we going to talk about like the the you know the the pillars of of what we're doing in building men and the pillars like i mentioned before it was like accountability authenticity confidence commitment courage curiosity Mm. humility integrity leadership resilience uh self-determination like those type of things with self-discipline. We're going to talk about all those things, leadership. So we're going to talk about one of those concepts every single month. And then we're also going to talk about different healthy habits that's, that the kids can incorporate. For example, kids are not getting enough sleep. Kids that's are not drinking fact. enough water. Kids are that's not moving fact. enough. Kids are too much on their screens. Kids yeah. are not getting outside in the sun. Like they need yeah. to get some vitamin D on their damn faces. Yeah. So <laughs> not only not only are we going to talk about those big character traits we're also going to talk about what are some certain things that you need to do as a young man to to be the best strongest version of yourself so like move do push-ups every day if you can't get to a gym do push-ups every single day get outside and walk right right those type of things they will add up to after one year of kids going to this program it will be a totally different look they not only physically will look different they'll feel totally different and they'll be connected to this community that will support them on the journey that is perfect, man. And I wanted that was going to lead me to the last question I was going to ask you just as someone who I know is doing this work personally, because the reality is you, the only way you're you're going to get to a point like this is if you've had those challenges that cause you to do this work yourself. You know, the only way you can bring awareness to um, a, another generation is if you've had to study that awareness yourself. And I just wanted to ask you as a person um, and, and just as someone who has been doing this work, you know, yourself for a while. um, have you had to seek out community um, for yourself in this sense? Because one of the things that I've learned recently is the value of healthy male and and just community accountability for for us just as as men in order to be able to do to be able to teach to be able to connect. Like, have you ever had to do that and? And 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 that you see the do you see the value of that in your own life and being able to model it to the teenagers? 
Absolutely. And I think many three men in their life at all times, they need the, the mentor, the person who's going to guide them, who's the, mm-hmm. the, the person they're looking to for advice. They need the guys in the shit with them, in the trenches. They need the guys that are going through with them. So that's the community that I have right now. So I have a couple different, like more personal, in-person type Mm -hmm. groups that I meet with with men. And then a a couple online things. And I just joined one today. Actually, I was mentioning my buddy Ted Faton, who does the Modern Man podcast. Great guy. You should check him out. He just invited me to, to, to join his his group. And I'm like, absolutely. If I can go and connect with a couple guys and bring value to each other, hold each other accountable, it's a really powerful thing. And then the third man we need in our life is the mentee, the one that we're going to turn around, reach our hand back and help pull them up like you were doing with your community, like what you can do to help those other kids. Yeah. That's a full experience that you have as a man. You're you're, you're yeah. being mentored, you're going through it and you're mentoring mm-hmm. someone else. Man, and that and and I'm really glad that we're able to round this up with that kind of statement like that's those such such pillars and important pillars of what it means to walk in true masculinity like the fullness of masculinity is to have the elder figure the mentor that is that is guiding you and nudging you and pointing you the right way and then have the men that are your peers and the people that hey you guys we all sit together and we we learn from each other we we connect with each other and then the the one that's behind me going like hey all right you know, uh, I'm going to show you right now what I'm learning and right now what's going here and right now what you can experience and you make the job easier for them. And then they develop that path. And man, I, that, that's, that is awesome, man. And I, 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 I thank you again, uh, so much for, you know, taking out your time again, being of service to this community and being a service to, um, not just this community, but whoever it is that I'm going to reach, because anything that I take from what it is, you, what it is you've given me, which I've taken quite a few things, I get the chance to pay that forward to other people. And that is, that is so much of the work. So I'm very happy to be, you know, have, you know, I've reached out and fostered the beginning of this connection and to be able to learn from you and I really not only wish you the best um I I I thank I thank God for what you it is you're doing here because I know there's going to be some teenagers behind you man it's going to say man thank you man because they'll learn they'll know later on and they'll have healthier stabler um situations because of what you do man so thank you um for 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 coming on this this show um and for having this conversation with me man yeah my pleasure and it, it speaks to the name of the podcast the pay it forward like <laughs> it just it, it's what you're doing and so if i could provide any value that then you could take and pay it forward to who's listening to this it's a, it's an honor it's a privilege and i appreciate you reaching out yeah most definitely man so i just want to give everybody the the heads up just in case you came in late uh this is uh dennis Morolda of building men podcast it's uh if you follow his social media it is at building men podcast and if you follow that you know you'll get all of his updates and things like that and so not only do you get building men podcast you have his actual podcast that you can check out um those are really good resources um any of the poems and everything that he wrote i'm gonna uh, make sure that they're in the show notes when we finish this and we you know we have this put out and um i just want to say for anybody that's listening man y'all know what i believe in y'all know that i said be authentic you know keep it real and contribute something to the world so make sure that you're gonna pay it forward in some kind of way um, whatever it is you take from this conversation, y'all pay it forward and look forward to uh, where we're going next. So 
I love you guys. Thank y'all so much for listening. I always appreciate y'all rocking with me. And until the next time, y'all pay it forward out here. All right? Peace. So everybody feel good.